you for coming back to Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This is episode 77. We are flying by these episode numbers. I wrote down 77. I'm like, man, I'm already almost to 80. Whew, that's a lot of podcasts, a lot of great guests, a lot of interesting information, entertainment, conversation. It has been awesome doing these and I have no plans of stopping anytime soon. Which means that we have another show for you today. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance, and the special guest is Tyler Town. Graduated from LaSalle, Peru High School, went to IVCC. Now he is set to graduate from University of Illinois. He's got a job lined up with planners. We talk about sports and school and drink counts. Yep, we did talk about that. And he even shed some light on his emotions, his feelings, with the case of his father, Brian Town, who was the former state's attorney in Illinois. His case was thrown out in August of 2019, but you know, the family still felt a lot of things, and Tyler being a kid, high school, college age, he knows what's going on, and he sees things that are happening, and changes with his parents because you know this is a lot of stress and he shared some of that stuff with us which I really appreciate. Thank you Tyler for bringing us into your life in a really tough time for you and the town family. Really appreciate that. So that will be the conversation. It was an awesome one. I recommend you listen to every second because it was pretty good. Lots of laughs, lots of cool stuff with a really great dude. Today is also Friday. April 24th, I spoke to Tyler on April 18th, which was last Saturday, almost a week ago. But last night, on Thursday, was the NFL Draft. Big time for everybody. Everybody. Why do I say everybody like that? The most views ever for an NFL Draft. 15.6 million people watched NFL teams pick kids out of college. That is insane. And it was different than any others. They were not in an auditorium. All the teams, fans, college players were not in the same building. They were at their homes. They were social distancing because it's Corona, COVID time right now. Unfortunately, that's how it's being taken. This is the time of the Corona. It's how we're going to remember it in the history books. So it was cool. It was a little different. You know, you could see the, diff- the lag, the reaction time from the kids as their names were getting called by Roger Goodell, who was in his home, you know, making the picks or stating the picks. And then they go to a kid and it would take a little bit for that reaction time. But all the same, it was cool. ESPN's production value with the stats and everything else like that, which is always top notch, was still top notch. It was a great show, honestly. Some entertaining live stuff for us to watch and to see what happens in the future. I mean, that's why you watch the NFL draft. It was sad to see Todd McShay was not there. When I think NFL Draft, I think Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper. Those are the two people that I think of when I think NFL Draft. Unfortunately, Todd McShay is battling the corona. He has it. He's staying quarantined. He's trying to get healthy. So it's sad that he wasn't at the draft, but obviously you all can understand this. And it was cool for Roger Goodell to have the moment of silence for all the people that have lost their life from COVID-19 in the beginning of the draft. They did a lot of cool special features. They had images of people that are either healthcare workers or, you know, patients from COVID-19, the coronavirus. And it was cool to see that and to know, you know, we're all in this together. That is the most important thing. 
In my last podcast, episode 76, I called Tua. I'm not even going to say his last name. But you know football. You know who I'm talking about. Alabama quarterback who was drafted in this draft. I said he was probably the top quarterback prospect. I meant the one that we were paying attention to the most. Let's face it. Joe Burrow, we knew he was going to be the number one pick. The Cincinnati Bengals would have been booted out of the NFL. Stocks sold. Stadium burnt down. Destroyed. If they did not grab Joe Burrow, quarterback from LSU, who won the Heisman, who destroyed every opponent that he had this year. Great quarterback, has the makings to be a great. I'm not calling him a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying any of that right now because you never, ever, ever know. Something can happen injury-wise. There's something schematically that doesn't work, something in his head. You never know what's going to happen from that transition from college to NFL. But I do know he is great at the college game, and I don't see how he can't be at least a top 10 to 15 quarterback in the NFL. Like, I would call that great. I mean, that's not fantastic. That's not Hall of Fame level. But if you're helping a team win games, Phillip Rivers, that's a great example. Phillip Rivers might get in the Hall of Fame. And I don't know if he's ever been a top five quarterback. I really don't think he has. He's always been outside of the top five. Probably a top 10 the last couple years probably out of the top 10. But he might be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Won a lot of games. I don't know if it was his fault that the Chargers never got to a Super Bowl, but he played well. I could see Joe Burrow being way better than him, but I'm just stating being great has different levels, and I think Joe Burrow could be a great quarterback. Second pick, the Redskins took Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State. He is going to be a killer. He is going to be remembered forever. I will say he might be a Hall of Famer. I don't like doing that. But he's great. He is going to be fantastic. Stays healthy. He's a monster. Monster. The Lions took a cornerback, Jeff Okunda, also from Ohio State with the third pick. They need a defense. Their offense can do some things. They got wide receivers. Matt Stafford, still a good quarterback. I mean, he's probably in the twilight. Like, he's getting there. Last years of his prime, if he's still in his prime, like he's rapidly approaching that. But they had no defense last year. If you wanted to pick apart the Lions, it was very easy. So getting a cornerback like Jeff Acunda will definitely help the Lions' case. The Giants have had offensive line troubles for the last few years. They grabbed Andrew Thomas from Georgia, who was also a drummer. That was a pretty cool little side feature. They had photos of him. They called him a percussionist. But we all know that's a drummer. So Andrew Thomas is the fourth pick to the Giants. He's a big boy. Big, 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 big boy. The fifth pick, the Dolphins took Tua. The number one thing going in here, at least the first round. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I want to know who we grabbed. But the other thing that I was interested in was where was Tua going to go? Great athlete. They kept comparing him to Steve Young. Left-handed. He can move. He can run. He can throw while he's on the run. He's got those intangibles, but he's shown that he can also have a glass body. His injury sheet from his college career was very long with pretty significant injuries. But if he can battle that back, obviously teams front office think that he's the real deal. So the Dolphins take him with the fifth pick. He's also kind of stylish. He had a nice little suit on. It was kind of not really checkered, but like a plaid-ish, like white and black or dark blue. And then in the inside, like the covering inside of his jacket was awesome. 
<laughs> it looked like a beach almost. It was different colors and man, I was like, I'll take your jacket, man. You don't need that. You're going to get paid. Let me get the jacket. But I'm really excited to see what happens with Tua and to see what happens with the Chicago Bears as they finally get some picks moving on. So like I said, today's Friday. It will be the next part of the draft. Second round starting off in probably just about 15 minutes. So make sure you're watching the draft. We will talk about the next couple rounds. A few things I want to discuss before I let you go. First, we have to speak about home renovations. We are quarantined. We are at home because of COVID-19. We want our homes to look and function as best as they can. So you might notice some things that need updated, whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel. Olson Construction is here to help. The family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows and doors, deck designs, remodels, and garage and room additions. Owner Keith Miles has been in construction for over 100 years and is willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815-910-5982. can also contact Olson Construction, the Facebook page, Olson Construction LLC, or by email, olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Also with Tyler Town, he will be back on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. He worked with the Chicago White Sox for a while, and he definitely wants to share his experiences with working with the team. We decided it would be cool to do that closer to when we actually have baseball and tie that into like an opening day episode. So when baseball comes back around, Tyler Town will be back to talk about some major leaguers and his personal perspective of what was going on with the Chicago White Sox. He is also a White Sox fan too. So we could talk baseball all day. But for this show, he got a new job. He's about to graduate college. His life was changed with COVID-19. So a lot of different things to talk about. We talked for an hour. So we're like, you know what? Let's wait for the White Sox when there's baseball and we will have them back. I am already pumped about that. No doubt. Well, we will be back on Monday. Tons of guests lined up. It's so hard to pick who's next. I might just do it in the order that I've talked to people, but I have done probably 10 conversations in the last three days to line up an awesome roster of podcast guests. This is going to be awesome. I thank every single one of them for joining us for the podcast, and I thank you for checking us out, listening, following on social media, which is Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook and Edge of Your CP on Twitter. If you have any questions, concerns, want to shout out, anything like that, you can email edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Also, I don't know where you're listening to this one. Like I said, you can listen to us everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. Again, I can't say it enough how much I appreciate you guys listening, paying attention to us, interacting. It is great to have the involvement with the listeners that we have. Everything that you say is always put into perspective and put into this show. Thank you. You're as much a part of this as I am or the guest. Thank you very much for everything. Stay safe, be kind, and smile as much as you can. Until next time, peace. I'm trying to decide how I want to start this. I got so many different angles here, Tyler. 
Yeah, I know. There's a lot of different avenues you can take this. Yeah, well, we'll just start right there. That's the intro yeah. to this podcast. Hello, oh, Tyler perfect. Tone. How are you? How are you, Brandon? I'm doing well. <laughs> you don't need nothing like professional and stuff. It's a podcast. No. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're just podcasting. It's something like radio. <laughs> <laughs> so our guest today, Tyler Tone. I met him through LaSalle Peru basketball. Got to know him pretty well. Followed his career through Facebook, Twitter, random run-ins when I see him. Tyler, you have had a lot of stuff going on. I want to start from the very, very beginning. When you were a little kid, what did you prefer to eat? Boogers, sand, or glue? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, God, boogers, sand, or glue? Um, which one of these is going to be the most healthy, I guess, is, the, is my thought process here. Are any of them gluten-free? None of them are gluten-free, I don't think. No, I, I would highly doubt that any of them are gluten-free. I would have to go with probably glue. I think glue might taste the best, might not have the biggest impact on my stomach. I, I think I'd probably go with glue. There you go. True story, when I was probably in first grade, I was trying to get this girl's attention, so I rolled glue in my hand. You know, you put a bunch of glue in your hand, roll it together, and made it look uh-huh. like boogers. Okay. <laughs> that was my way to try to impress this girl. Did it work? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay, well, I, I guess you don't remember the result, but it was... It was it was definitely uh, it got our attention. I'm sure, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> well, Tyler, the last time we left off, I saw you in college, but we'll go back. Maybe not to two years old, but let's start high school basketball player. You've always been interested in sports. Let's talk about yes, that with you with the Cavaliers. Yeah, so uh, I was a part of the LP Cavaliers basketball team from what was it twenty it was 2014 to 2016. It was my junior. Senior seasons, I'm pretty sure. We went back-to-back regionals, which was awesome. I had a lot of fun. I averaged probably less than one point in my entire playing career, but I still had a lot of fun. All my best friends were on the team. We had a really good time, and I think, you know, the reason that we were so successful is that we were all really good friends, and, um, you know, it was top to bottom. I was potentially the worst player on the team, but, I mean, Brady Hubie is one of my best friends, and, you know, it, it just worked. It was top to bottom, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. But yeah, as you know, you covered us. You, you saw what happened, right? Definitely. I believe that team went, did you guys go 34-8? and eight? Uh, That's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. I know we, we won a lot more games than we lost, yeah. You went yep. either 34-8 and eight or 31-8 and eight and lost in a, was it a sectional semi? Yeah, we lost in the sectional semi uh, both years. So we won the regional both times, but then lost the first game in the, in the sectional. One of my favorite things about that team is... Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you know the name Isaiah Roby, who is now... Yeah, Of course you do. I know you do. <laughs> but he was drafted by the Dallas Mavericks. I think he, before the NBA stopped, he was demoted to the G League, but he's still, you know, in the league, still around. You guys beat him his senior year while he was playing for Dixon three times that year. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yes, I remember it well. I don't want to take all the credit for it, but it was all me. <laughs> it was. I, I saw you had uh, Shervaney on a podcast at one point. Now I got to listen to that, and that was really good. But what I was for our our practice squad was the other team's best player every single time. Now was I the best player on the practice squad? No, but I pretend like I was. I'm, I'm left-handed, so whenever we were going to play Ottawa, Isaac Gasman, one of the greatest players in our, in our conference at that time, I was always Isaac Gasman in in practice. So I would have to, quote-unquote, be Isaiah Roby for practice. You know, people are guarding me, they're double-teaming me, all this kind of stuff. I'm getting open. 
trying to get open, but I mean, I'm the main focus of, of the, the starters who are, you know, getting ready for the game. So I got to be Isaac Gassman. I got to be Isaiah Roby during practice. And I loved that role. It, it was, you know, an awesome role for me. Did you grow out Isaiah Roby's hair? I didn't have enough time to really duplicate the Isaiah Roby look. And I certainly could not duplicate his playing style or his success. Um, <laughs> But I did what I could with the time that I had. Cool thing about Roby is, I actually, he got way better playing for Nebraska than I thought he would. Oh, yeah. He, he, he's very, very talented. Obviously, you know, he's in the NBA. But I still sometimes look back and, and think, how in the world did we beat him? And, and it wasn't just him. I mean, they had a couple of good players on their team as well. So it wasn't, you know, a one-man show by any means. And, and sometimes I look back, you know, and I'm reflecting and looking at, I don't know, my old high school stuff. I'm like, how in the world did we beat that team three times in one season. I mean, it's hard to beat any team three times in one season, let alone, you know, a team of that talent. Yeah, I'm remembering the guards. I think they had a guard named Carr. I want to say it was Brandon, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, they had him, and they had uh, Riley Marins. And I think that Carr uh, kid was a year older than us, so I think we played him when I was a junior, when we were juniors. But yeah, but Riley was our age, and, you know, he was, uh, he was pretty good as well, so. Yeah, they had a couple years, I'm going to say three, four years, with a lot of talent... Obviously, Isaiah Roby being the, the key to that, but a lot of talented guards around him to help him get the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So is that your like claim to fame when you're in college or you're anywhere else? You'd be like, hey, I played against that guy. My team beat them three times. Yes. Whenever he shows up on the screen, I, I, I do always say that I did guard him my freshman year, I think. I think freshman year, we I actually was on the floor with him at the same time or at one point. But yes, that is my, my claim to fame that I kind of help defense on a NBA player my freshman year of high school. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. My, uh, I guess we'll call it claim to fame, is in, I graduated in 2004, and I went to some basketball camps in Peoria, and I ran into Sean Livingston. I know you know the name. I do, yes. He dunked on me in a summer league game, and it was embarrassing, but at the same time, I'm like, you're 6'7", you're going to go to the NBA. He already knew at that point he was going to the NBA. He came straight out of high school. And I'm like, yeah. I have no shame in that. That means I played deep. <laughs> yeah, now you got a story for the rest of your life. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. The other guy that dunked on me in high school was a dude named Kurt Russell out of Oswego. He didn't do anything after high school, so that one is a little more stinger. Yeah, we'll keep that uh, story to ourselves. We won't tell anybody about that one. <laughs> no, nope, I'm editing it out. <laughs> <Just kidding>. Yeah. <laughs> So after high school basketball, you went to IVCC. You and I ran into each other quite a lot. I'd see you at basketball games. We'd talk before you would start a broadcast and before, you know, games would start and I would start writing notes and all that other good stuff. I know you've always been interested in broadcasting, public service announcements, whatever, you know, something in that realm. What was it about doing the games for IVCC basketball that, you know, kept you around and you wanted to do it? Yeah, well, I think it even started back in high school. I played baseball my, my freshman and sophomore year, um, and then I realized that I was not near good enough to compete, you know, at, at the varsity level. I, I could have, you know, maybe hung around, but I wasn't going to be, you know, over-the-top grade or anything. But I still, you know, love baseball, wanted to be around the sport. So I started, you know, announcing. I think I ran into you a couple times in the, the PA box at, uh, up at Veterans Park, announced all their games. I mean, kind of just, you know, did the walk-up music and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where it, it first started, and I did it for fun and then a couple of the parents said hey you're you know you're pretty good at this so I started to kind of look into it and see what the possible 
you know, future options were for, for what I might want to do with my future. And sure enough, you know, I had a buddy, Aaron Pelican, that also went to IVCC. And we kind of got together and we're like, hey, if we can do this, let's do it. So we, we talked to our newspaper advisor. She said we had some extra equipment around. Or, you know, sure enough. But it was, I guess, the series or the season where Isaiah Tubbs was playing and Christian Soderholm was playing um, and Brady Hubie was playing. That's when we picked it up, and, and it was awesome. And we fell in love with it. We had a great time. We just broadcast over YouTube. Now, we didn't have unreal audiences. We weren't broadcasting to thousands of people. But it meant a lot to, you know, some of the parents that didn't have the opportunity to be at the games or, you know, IBCC fans who couldn't make it out to, you know, the gym. So... It was really cool for us to be able to bring that to people, and we had a lot of fun doing it. Definitely. I kind of, I'm not going to lie, when I'm at IVCC now and I'm around the game, especially in between the women's and men's game, I look up there, I'm like, man, why isn't Tyler there right now? I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, they didn't offer the, 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 uh, the bachelor's degree at IVCC, so I did have to move on a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you can only stay at IVCC for so long. Exactly. But I have zero regrets about going to IVCC. I thought it was awesome. No, the nightlife isn't like the University of Illinois, but it, I had a, you know I had a great time. I still had a solid group of friends that were still around. We hung out all the time, and I wouldn't have near the professional experience I had if I if I would have gone elsewhere right off the bat too. So it, it was good. I love IBCC. Definitely, and just to link the ties, you said Isaiah Tubbs, Brady Hubie, Christian Soderholm, all players that you played with with LaSalle Peru. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, three still today of uh, my best friends. Another notable Cavalier with that squad for sure is Ryan Adelano. He was pretty awesome too. Yep, he's awesome kid. Well, another one of my still really good friends. He's studying for the GRE right now, so that's uh, that's his big plans. <laughs> You'll have to get him on the next podcast. Yeah, he'll be a, he'll be a very colorful conversation <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And then Brady is playing baseball somewhere, correct? Yeah, Brady's playing at Northern. I, uh, I actually the last professional event I watched before the quarantine was him when he played uh, against Mizzou. It was on one of the ESPN. It might have been, actually, I think it was on the SEC network. That was the last uh, professional game I watched um, before they shut everything down. So that was cool. That was fun. Good stuff. And Isaiah Tubbs, he did two years at IVCC. He improved crazy amounts at IVCC. Like, he was a good player for LaSalle, Peru, but he put on some muscle. He worked on his footwork for IVCC and improved a lot. Yeah, he didn't put on too much muscle, but I mean, he did. He did all right. <laughs> he, he he got to be a really good shooter at IVCC, which was something I, I had you know a pleasure to watch, and that was really really fun for me. I thought he had more muscle. <laughs> nah, nah, I guess. All right, we'll give him a little bit of muscle. <laughs> he just ate a little more peanut butter. I was gonna say maybe that was just his freshman fifteen kicking in. Who knows? Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> it's quite possible at IVCC. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen the show Community? I am actually in the middle of watching it right now. I'm at like episode 10, I think. I or, really, no, actually, I finished the first season. I'm pretty sure I finished the first season. You should keep watching. It is hilarious. And every time I think of IVCC, it is only right to think of that show because it's about oh, a community yeah. college. I know. I didn't realize it was about a community college. And then, like, I started going a little bit. I'm like, wow, this is literally, this is IVCC. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> you guys should have had a study group. I know we should have, but didn't know about the show while I was going to going to community college. So I could have learned a lot of pointers from that show, though I'm sure. Well, you could have. <laughs> so after IVCC, where does Tyler Town go? Tyler Town uh, packed his bags and headed to Champaign, Illinois, and he went to the University of Illinois. Well, I'm still 
I guess, to the online version right now. But yeah, I went straight down to U of I, got a lot of great experiences before I was forced home. Um, I was part of the Sports Business Association, uh, one of their vice presidents. We got to do a lot of cool stuff with uh, professional sports. We took trips to go see and have meetings with like the front office um, with the Bulls, the White Sox, the Colts. Cardinals, Notre Dame. We went to the Notre Dame Illinois basketball game a couple years ago, or I think it was last. Yeah, it was last season, which is really cool. So, and that's kind of where I peaked and really wanted to, you know, focus more towards on getting into the the world of professional sports. What is it exactly that you would like to do? Well, every kid wants to be the PA announcer, or be the uh, you know the play by play broadcaster, whatever it is, and I would still love that. But unfortunately, that's a very, very tough field to get into. So I dialed that back a little bit, and I'm starting to look more into like communication roles, public relations roles, stuff like that. Probably ideal dream job would be the senior vice president of communication for the for the Chicago White Sox. I feel like that'd be awesome. Or the Bulls, or you know anybody but the Cubs. No offense, but that's uh, that's the ideal dream job for me. All of those would be awesome, even with the Cubs. Sorry, but even it would with be. the Cubs, I, I, everybody asks me if, if the Cubs came to your door, would you accept the job? And I always say, well, it's professional sports. It's one of the most well-known teams in the entire country overall. And I mean, I, I can't say no to that, right? You, you can't, no matter what your bias is. I totally agree with this, sir. <laughs> Good. So that's what your major is. You're a communication major. Yes, sir. I did strictly journalism. I should have did communications, but I like picked up everything along the way. So yeah, well, that was I almost tried to you know get into the journalism school. I almost tried to do. Something. I, I, I don't think they have a broad. I think it's just a broadcast journalism degree. I'm not sure, but I I didn't want to like limit myself because I wasn't totally sure I wanted to just do you know journalism or broadcasting. So I was like, okay, I'm sure you can hopefully you know try and get some broadcasting or jobs and stuff like that if you're a communication major it was a tough decision as far as like what i wanted to go into there's also recreation sport and tourism which is a major down at u of i had i known more about that major i probably would have done that because that's all about you know sports management and stuff but i didn't even know that was a major really before i I went down there i guess i should have done some more research that's on me but yeah so that also probably would have been a pretty good major for what i want to go into yeah, in 2020 or, you know, when you first started going to U of I, going communications instead of journalism, probably a good idea, although journalism doesn't automatically lock you into newspapers or broadcasts. There's a bunch of fields in it. It almost does by virtual, if, if that makes any sense. Right, no, I, I totally agree with that, yeah. So are you a senior now then? I'm graduating virtually uh, this coming May, so... Not the ideal graduation I hoped for, but I did get to walk across the stage at IBCC, so I have technically graduated in person from college before, but unfortunately it will not be happening as of right now at U of I. Remind me to go back and ask you about, you know, the opportunities that you had to go to the professional baseball, basketball, teams like that, but let's stick with the graduation. You're a senior. Let's kind of elaborate on that. I mean, everybody is going through this, seniors in high school, seniors in college, not getting the full experience of being able to do these things that other people have in the past. How does that affect you? It affects me in a way that I lost out on a lot of being able to be kind of a kid. I mean, I worked at a a bar down in Champaign, had a lot of fun, made a lot of friends there and stuff. And, you know, we were looking forward to, you know, having a lot of date events and going out and obviously, you know, drinking and doing whatever. But that all kind of just got taken away from us. And we, the, the worst part is we didn't really have a chance to say goodbye. I mean, we all left for spring break and they said, oh, yeah, maybe they might cancel, you know, 
they may not tell you to go back, but it wasn't anything that we thought was a serious, I mean, possibility. So when we left for spring break, I mean, now I don't really know what I'm going to see, you know, a lot of those guys again, which is the biggest toll that it's, it's taken on me. But then I guess professionally, too, I mean, we had a couple more trips planned with the Sports Business Association. We were going to try and go to a Cardinals game again, kind of do some uh, kind of a tour and a, a panel with the, the Bears downtown office. And all that obviously got scrapped. More, you know, educational connection opportunities that, you know, just went right out the window as the, as the virus took over. It has affected all of us in crazy ways. But as a college kid, a high school kid, I feel like you guys are getting hit the hardest. Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree. A lot of adults who, I mean, obviously essential workers are so, so key and, you know, I'm thankful for everything they do. And then maybe the non-essential workers, you can still, you know, do your job from home. You can still work from home. A lot of people can. But, I mean, you can't go to college from home. I mean, you can take online classes and there's the education part, but that's not college. You know what I mean? I mean, if I wanted to go to an online university, I would have gone to an online university two years ago. That's definitely the, the biggest toll. And I think that's why we're getting hit the hardest is because you can't, you know, recreate this this time in your life anymore. In the last couple months of, you know, you did all the work for college. You're getting ready to graduate. You're just having fun because you know, you know, life gets tougher after that. And then that's taken away. So I, I definitely feel with what you're saying. Yeah, it's terrible. But I mean, I, I'm one of the lucky few, I don't know a few, but I'm definitely lucky enough to still have a solid group of friends that we stay in contact, even from home. So, you know, I left one group of friends, but went right back to another one. And it, it's been nice to, you know, spend some time with the boys from home for a while. You are a pretty popular guy. You think so, huh? I think you're likable. So that could make <laughs> you popular. I do my best. We'll see how the rest of this interview goes. Your opinion might change. It might be like the, the Michael Jordan documentary where, you know, everybody's going to hate him after it. And it's, uh, it's going to be with me, too. I might hang up the phone early. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think you're <laughs> All right. Like I said, I wanted to go back and talk about some of those opportunities that you had. Being a senior at U of I, you're getting these opportunities through the school to meet people that are in positions that you want to be in or, you know, positions that with people that you can pick the brain and, and get to learn things from. You know, not everybody gets those opportunities. You know, the opportunities at U of I are, are awesome. I mean, there's such like a great network of alum and all that kind of stuff. And they, they're usually pretty good as far as it goes with, you know, reaching back out and helping, you know, people who are still in college. It's been huge for me because, I, you know, I knew I wanted to go into sports, but at the same time, you know, there, there's a lot of things that aren't great about you know, working in sports that I had some questions and worries on, you know, like, you know, is, are you able to start a family? Is it hard to start a family? Are you going to be able to see your kids and all this kind of stuff? And it's been great to hear from these people working in these positions because it, it reaffirmed that, you know, the positives 100% outweigh the negatives for, for these types of jobs. And it really just confirmed through these meetings with all these different people that, you know, sports is what I really want to get into and, and work in. So that's how it's been the most beneficial to me. And also, you know, my LinkedIn has never been more connected with people that have the jobs that I want to, you know, I want to be in. So, and I can reach out with questions. They're all super good about getting back to me and stuff. So uh, it's been really beneficial in that way. You know, with the times that we're in and unemployment levels are off the charts, everywhere is people leave, losing their jobs, getting laid off, furloughs, all these other things. Does that kind of scare you graduating college and moving on to the real world? It does. Thankfully, I know we'll talk about it later, but I did land a full-time job uh, right out of college that I'm really, really stoked about. It should be you know, a great time. But it is scary because even that job, you know, with this virus, there's a chance that a lot of the really fun, cool aspects of it could be taken away. Um, so it's, uh, it's very scary. I really 
hope that, you know, the curve flattens and things go back to normal sooner rather than later. But I'm, you know, you, you got to prepare for the worst. Definitely got to prepare. And I'm glad that you know that and that you're keeping your eyes open to see what's going on. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's not much else to do besides sit and watch, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. That's, you sit, watch, and wait. And that's what we do. So That's very true. Let's hop right into the job. What uh, what did you land? I now have the opportunity to drive a 24-foot-long peanut across the country uh, doing promotional stuff for planters, which is so, so exciting. Uh, I get to do social media posts for them, reaching out to local media, letting them know that, you know, we're coming into town, we're going to these different events and stuff. I had a guy tell me who did the position last year that he got to go to the Indy 500 and he was driving it around, I think, the infield or maybe on the track, one of the two, which is just such like a, an awesome experience. Really, because it's almost like another year of college. You know, it's me and two others. We're just driving across the country, doing a bunch of stuff promotional-wise. And, you know, I get a Christmas break still. I get a Thanksgiving break and all this kind of stuff. So I'm hoping that this job, aside from, you know, sharpening my skills, letting me travel, um, can kind of make up for a little bit of the time lost from the coronavirus in my senior year. You know, it's not like a nine-to-five, clock-in, clock-out sort of job. It's, you know, much more than that. So I'm hoping that a lot of these experiences I can, you know, kind of use to a little bit replaced because you can't totally replace my second semester of senior year of college, but kind of, you know, soften the blow a little bit. Is this like a planter's campus party peanut? I don't know what that is. What is that? I'm just making some stuff up. Oh, you're just off the top of your head. Okay, yes. No, it's a, uh, it's a huge peanut with like, Oh, let's see. They took it. They gave us a tour. It was about a month or two ago that I did it. I didn't know if this was like a college party bus designed as a peanut. <laughs> no, it's it's not a college party bus. It's a, it's a, it's still a full time job. Uh, as cool as that might be. Um, but yeah, you're just. I mean, there's no beds in it, so you know we we stay in hotels and stuff. I really thought I was going to be basically living in a peanut shaped camper for a year, which scared me off a little bit, but they said, no, don't worry, you know, you stay in hotels and stuff, so that's good. I'm really looking forward to just driving through towns and people just stopping and, and like, looking and smiling, like, wherever you go. I mean, it's a giant peanut, for crying out loud. You can't help but smile when you see something like that, and I really am looking forward to, like, just bringing joy to people, in a sense. I would laugh every time I've seen it. Exactly, and most people do. I mean, people take out their phones immediately as soon as they see it coming, and it's just one of those attention-grabbing things that it's an opportunity that I just could not pass up no matter how many, you know, peanut jokes I'm going to get thrown my way over the next God knows how many years. I'm still getting tuna jokes, by the way, big tuna jokes. <laughs> we'll go back to the big tuna in a second, but I did want to ask while we're talking about the peanut, all jokes aside about the, you know, college party mobile. So really what it is, it's like an advertising mobile so people see the peanut and want to know more about planners' products. Yeah, basically. And, you know, we hand out promotional items and stuff. And Undercraft Heinz is also Oscar Meyer. So they have the Wienermobile and they have the Nutmobile. So, and they have three of them across the country. Uh, so they have three Nutmobiles and three Wienermobiles, one in the West, one in the Midwest, and one in the East. I'm assuming I'll probably get uh, put in the Midwest one, but, I mean, you never know. I might go out West, might go East, I might rotate it a little bit. We'll have to see, but I'm definitely excited for, for what's coming in that. If I were you and you get to vote, definitely go out of the Midwest so you get to see the rest of the world. That's kind of what I want. I, I hope I get to pick it, but I, I would really like to go. I, I've been out west a few times, but I've only been east once. I only went to New York City one time, and that's the farthest east I've ever been, and the only time I've ever been there. So I'd really like to go check out, you know, like Philadelphia, Boston, um, go back to New York, see more of that. I mean, obviously, I was there for a day. I obviously can't see all of New York in one day. So, I mean, doing that kind of stuff would 
would be really, really cool. If I had to pick one region, I'd probably want to go out east first. I bet you they're not going to let you pick, though, because if you think about it, who in their right mind is going to pick the Midwest over the I west or the east? They recruited from colleges all over the place. I mean, they had kids from Arizona State, uh, Syracuse, Missouri, Minnesota, you know, more colleges like that. You know, maybe the kid who's from Syracuse wants to, you know, see Chicago, wants to see Indianapolis, Milwaukee. I mean, and I'm pretty sure the Midwest will probably include Texas. I mean, it's not the Midwest, but, you know, you got kind of the central part of the country. So that would include Texas, maybe like Louisiana. I mean, maybe South, too. I personally would not pick the Midwest, but I could see maybe the reason why somebody might, you know, pick it if they're not from around here. Nope. Even if they weren't from here and they picked it, that would mean they're crazy. Really? You think so? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're not wrong in Nebraska and Iowa and all those fun states. I really wish you would have picked a couple of the cooler ones when you just said that. Nebraska and Iowa, I don't even want to go to, and I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> exactly. But Chicago no, is amazing. It's my favorite city besides Miami. Miami, if I could ever live there, I probably would. But I love no, Oh, man. I went to Miami one time, and I'm like, I just yeah. fell in love. Yeah. Never been. My family has some crazy, weird obsession with Disney. So the farthest south I've been is Orlando, Florida. And uh, I'm getting a little bit tired of Disney World, so I'd love to, you know, experience Miami. Maybe that's next on my on my bucket list of cities to visit. You are the perfect age to do that, my friend. I know, right? 22 years old. That's like the prime. That is the Miami prime, no doubt. <laughs> I think I went when I was like 25 or 26. So I was still there. I was still in it, but like the end of my prime. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's perfect. Definitely. But yeah, Midwest isn't bad. I just always joke around because we're here for so long, so we always want to get out. And you can't think about other people wanting to come visit here. You're like, why? Exactly. Yeah, no. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But maybe the kid from New York's like, all right, I hate New York. I would much rather be in Indiana right now. I mean, you just never know. Who knows? We do have mental institutions where they can get checkups. That's true. <laughs> we got plenty of those. You're right. <laughs> While we were just talking, you brought up the big tuna. You were on the radio station here for a little bit, and you went by the name Big Tuna. How was it having to leave? I know you enjoyed that a lot. I listen to you all the time. I would text you like, hey, dude, I'm listening. Yeah, I, know I always you... appreciated that. Oh, yeah, of course, man. We're, we're buddies now, if you didn't know that. Oh, I'm well aware, yes. <laughs> So how was it to leave that going on to college and different things? I mean, transitions, you're still trying to pursue things that you wanted to do, but you also had to let go a cool opportunity in the area that you're from. Yeah, I mean, leaving that job was, was really tough for me. I mean, it, it, that's a position, the position I held, you know, hosting a morning show and, and doing that, that's something that, you know, a lot of people aspire to do. Like, they want that to be their career. And I was so fortunate that I kind of fell into it. I mean... I applied. I heard they needed some radio help. So I applied. I really just did like the night show two days a week because that's kind of what fit my schedule. And then a series of things happened where the morning show guy was leaving and they went down the line to see if anybody wanted to take it over. And either they had like kids that they couldn't leave that early in the morning or they just didn't want to get up that early in the morning. So then it fell to me, the lowest man in the totem pole. And I said, if you're going to trust me with, to do this, I mean, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. I mean, the, the, it'd be stupid not to. I had a lot, a lot, a lot of really early mornings, you know, waking up at 4.45 doesn't get easier ever, but it was just such an awesome experience and professional thing that I can put on resumes now, and it really just helped me, you know, be able to be a better talker <laughs> in the simplest form, you know, and communication is huge, I think it's, you know, one of the most important aspects, you know, that you can have in the future, personally, 
And I think it's just, it just gave me so many opportunities, so much more knowledge on the radio industry. I mean, that, that's such a cool industry to be a part of. And it was, it was really, really tough to leave it. I'll be honest. It was not tough to be able to sleep in again, but it was really, really tough to have to move on and, you know, go away to school. Yeah. Who wants to go to school? Yeah, I know. Right. I mean, now that I, you know, have had my year and a half or whatever at UI, I, I have no regrets. It was awesome. I loved every minute of it. But there were times where I missed, you know, hearing my voice when I'm driving, hearing my voice on commercials, all that kind of stuff. And I think there are still a couple commercials floating around with my voice on it that people have heard. So I'm not getting paid for that, unfortunately, but it's, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's a really cool thing to, to hear. No royalties? No royalties. Can you believe it? I would be mad. I would be taking them to court. <laughs> I'm sure I signed something in the new hire paperwork that says they can use my voice whenever the hell they want to, and I like it. That's, that's totally fine with me. Use it more for all I care. I almost guarantee you that you signed something in the beginning paperwork. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, which totally fine. Like I said, I love everybody at Sensible Media. A lot of DJs I'm still in contact with today, and you know I go back and visit them every once in a while when there's not a nationwide quarantine. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. Lots of lifelong friends that I made uh, at Station 2, and I was the youngest one. I mean, I was, at that time, I was 19 and 20 years old, and most people were, you know, mid-20s, upper 30, I, upper 30s, I guess. But it was, you know, it, it was cool just to interact with, or kind of be in the working world, almost. I mean, that's pretty much what it was, um, as a 19-year-old, getting that kind of experience. That wasn't me one of my next questions, how old you were, because I knew you were pretty young. That has to be a good feeling, or especially for your resume, or for you as trying to build toward these careers and these jobs that you're looking forward to, to get that type of experience at such a young age. Yeah, and I, and I have to tell employers, too, I mean, there's nothing against college radio stations at all. I think it's great. But Studsville Media was no college radio station. I mean, they had seven stations that spread all across LaSalle County and into Bureau and Putnam and all that. I mean, I think the range, was, you can pick it up a little bit in Morris. It's way north of Mendota, way past Princeton, and then south, you know, well beyond Street or two. So, I mean, it was just the amount of people that I reached on any given day, I have no idea. I mean, there's no way to really, really calculate that. But for a couple uh, ratings periods, I had the number one morning show. It could have just been the music, and I was just kind of a filler in between, and people just love the music. But I, I love to take, you know, pride in, in the fact that I had right behind our good buddy, Rod Thorson, I had, you know, one of the highest rated morning shows in the area, which is something that, you know, I may never be able to attain again. But it's it's just an awesome thing to, to think about, you know, as I get older and move on professionally. That is definitely something to be proud of. Good job, my friend. Thank you. Thank you very much jumped around corona how it's affecting you how it's affecting the country things like that the number one thing it's affecting for both of us that's for sure is sports have you been able to cope with this i'll admit i'm still not over the fact that u of i was not able to make it into the tournament or not able to play in the tournament that is the worst thing about all of this for me they finally have a relevant team the last time they were relevant was my freshman year of college i graduated mendota in 04 and they went to the NCAA championship game 05. So that was my the back end of my freshman year. That was the last time they were relevant. I graduated in 2010. Mm-hmm. And the buzz was real on campus. I mean, people knew that, you know, not to say we were going to be national champions, but knew we were going to be back in the tournament. And, you know, everybody was getting ready for it. We were all excited. The Big Ten tournament was going to be such like an exciting and competitive tournament. Whether or not we won it, I mean, we were still going to go to the tournament. And that is by far the hardest part of all of this. Is that I mean, and I went to many games. I went to the game when they beat Iowa the last game, which was an awesome game. Turned out to be their last game of the season. 
it just sucks. I mean, I really can't even say any, any other words about it other than it really, really sucks. I, I'm not a lifelong Illinois fan. I've recently started to be an Illinois fan since I've been there, and now I'm, I would consider myself to be a pretty big one. So I haven't sat through, you know, the misery that a lot of people have. But, I mean, holy cow. I mean, last year was just disgusting. The years prior to that, I had a roommate. His name was Wyatt Martinson. He's from Mendota. He was my roommate last year. And, you know, his four years or his two years at U of I, but, I mean, what would have been his four years? I don't think they were above 500 ever in those four years from, like, 2012 to 2016. I don't think they made it above 500 in basketball or football. Like, they had the absolute worst time. I'm glad, and this was going to be, and obviously, you know, Illinois made the bowl game last year, which was awesome. I got to watch that. It was really cool. But, I mean, the NCAA tournament is just a whole other level than compared to the Red Box Bowl, which is what they played in for football. But, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it was really disappointing for everybody in Illinois that pays attention to basketball. There's no doubt about that. And shout out to Wyatt Martinson. I do know him. I followed him as a, he was a running back for the Trojans back in the day. Yes, yes, he was. He's a fast kid. Him and I played a couple of games of Ultimate Frisbee on the quad. I know it's the most college thing ever, but that kid can run like like no other. Yeah, he was a state qualifier in track, too. Yeah, oh yeah. He, he's still a pretty good friend of mine. He's up uh, doing some engineering job in, in Chicago. He's got a really nice gig up there. So no more, no more football for him, but uh, he, he's still doing well. Good stuff. Good to hear. Good to hear. What do you think about the way that leagues and associations are adapting now WNBA just had their draft on Friday which was yesterday today is Saturday April 18th WNBA has their draft virtually sounds like the NFL and the NBA are going to pick this up especially the NFL draft is right around the corner we had the ESPN horse challenge we had the NBA 2k challenge with NBA players playing the game what do you think about the way that we're still trying to live through these crazy times that we're in I got to give a lot of credit to ESPN. I mean, I, and SportsCenter and everything, I mean, now the horse competition, to be completely honest, was sucked. I didn't, I didn't like it, but I really very much so enjoyed the fact that ESPN is trying to do all these different things when their entire platform is just gone. I mean, they have, I mean, you know, they have NFL free agency, they can talk about the draft and stuff, but I mean, they're dedicated. They're supposed to be playing in sports and talking about sports 24-7. And whenever I, you know, turn on the TV, it's always something new. And I, I can't tip my cap enough to, to the, you know, to what they've been, been able to do during this time. As far as the associations, I mean, they're doing what they can. I mean, that's, they got to get a lot of this stuff done. They got to find ways to make money. I mean, sponsorships, you know, went away for a, lot, for a lot of different things. I mean, they lost out on a lot of revenue. But they're getting through it just like the rest of us. And unfortunately, they're just on a much broader scale than what any of our, you know, issues are personally. But like I said, we're all just doing what we can at this point. That does not exclude professional sports. I will agree that the horse challenge was not the most jaw-dropping, open-eye entertainment. But it was cool because there was something live, something to actually pay attention to. And they did the best job that they could trying to tell the stories of the players in between, I guess we can call it action while they're shooting shots. No, and I think they did a good job with it. I just... I wasn't that great. <laughs> as entertaining as I as I hoped it would be, but I mean that's what you got. You got to try these different things, and you know I'm sure that won't be the last sort of virtual event that they they host. And like I said, it's it's an unprecedented time. People are really really stretching themselves thin to try and make things work. What I was telling a friend is, I wish they would have just took some of the best shooters. I don't know what kind of shape Reggie Miller's in, but Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Steph Curry. Throw in Clay Thompson if he can. I know he's had some injuries. 
take some of the best shooters of all time. Steve Kerr, I can sit here and name them all day. Craig Hodges, bring these guys back and see who is the best of the best. I thought that would have been a great horse challenge. Yeah, or just televise like a three-point contest between those guys. You know, like a three-point contest is a three-point contest. Slam dunk contest might be tough. I mean, I think slam dunk's going to start going downhill here pretty soon because, I mean, everything's just been done. I mean, there's only so many different types of dunks you can do. But three points, I mean, that's that's the new age of the NBA. So I think a three-point contest would be awesome if you brought all those guys back. They can't talk about three-point contests and not throwing Buddy Heald, who won the legit three-point contest. Yeah, no kidding. You're slacking there. I know. What was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, a couple more things I want to talk to you about, and these are really, really serious. Yeah. The first serious thing is I want to know your exact beer count for the last year and a half at U of I. Uh, I, I told you this earlier. How many, how many hours is this podcast? <laughs> we can make it as long as you want to, my friend. I mean, holy cow, I'm, I'm a college kid. My exact beer count. Well, see, I'm more of a whiskey Coke guy, so I'm okay. a rum and Coke, whiskey Coke sort of guy. I mean, I... And if you ask me how many whiskey cokes I've had in the last two years. All right, let's do an over-under. I can't let my mom listen to this. She's going to be so disappointed. We'll set let's it really low. Let's do some over-unders. All right. So whiskey cokes, we're going to set the over-under at, first of all, we got to have some background, some background oh. info. <laughs> okay, all right. How often do you go out? How many nights a week? Well, so I worked at a bar, and um, you're going to put me on last year. <laughs> I worked at a bar, because at IBCC, there wasn't much of a, you know, there wasn't a party scene, really. So I had to get it all out in my two years. Oh, man, I was probably making it to class every day. Don't, I mean, we don't want to twist this, and it affected my education at all. But I would say probably about three or four days a week. So I want to get this out. This is a disclaimer. I am a yeah. firm believer of when you're in college, there's no such thing as an alcoholic. There's no oh, such 100%. thing as partying too much. That's why you go. That is a main part of it. Of course, you get your education, but you're there to live that kind of life. So then when you get that adult job from the college education, you're not behind in the times and still trying to do that because then you have problems. Exactly. But. If there's one thing that this quarantine did help a little bit, it, it helped my liver. That's that's for sure. <laughs> that's what it, that's about the only good it did to, to my body and my mental psyche. Definitely. I just want to get the disclaimer out that drinking while you're in college is not a bad thing. It's actually the thing you should do. Exactly. Yes. No, I 100% agree, and uh, I definitely definitely took advantage of the fact that I was able to work in a bar and you know have access to you know a little bit cheaper drinks and stuff and it was perfect that I got my bar job down there well if your mom liked me before hopefully she still does for me I think she'll be fine she knows that I'm graduating so she'll be okay perfect perfect (laughs) it'd be a whole different conversation if I was a a college dropout (laughs) yeah and you got a job you got things set up so you're all right exactly yeah what's in the past is in the past exactly okay now time for the over-unders yes so over under whiskey and cokes, we're gonna go with we're gonna set it at one fifty. Oh my god, over! <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to lowball for your mom's sake. I really was. Yeah, okay. Oh, mom, if you're listening, uh, under for sure, under. <laughs> <laughs> All right, same thing. Whiskey coke will go four hundred. Well, let me break this down to a to a, a math standpoint. Let's so these so they're about I think they're about. Whatever the cups are, they're, they're smaller little plastic cups. So we'll break this down mathematically speaking. 
let's just say I went out four days a week. That's generous because I didn't every week go out four days a week. If I drank, let's just say seven, 28 over a month, that'd be 28 times four, which is hundred something. Oh yeah, it's going way over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you're doing it, I had my calculator out and I was adding it on my phone. I'm like, oh yeah, that's way over 400. <laughs> to be honest, if, if we're, yeah, we're, we're not even close to 450. I mean, I was there for a year and a half. I mean, that's... For sure. It really does. I mean, I've never thought about that before, but holy cow. Yeah, that, you really made me <laughs> reevaluate my college experience. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, and then the other thing that I want to speak of is kind of serious. Your father, Brian Town, was the former LaSalle County State's Attorney, and he was charged with some felonies. He had a long case going on. Everything was eventually dropped in, I believe it was August of 2019. But I always wondered throughout the whole thing. So I knew who you were. We had talked, but not about this. It was always about sports and other things. I was always curious of how it influenced or affected you personally, whether with family life or being a kid in this area, going to school with people knowing what is going on. Yeah, it definitely was tough. There were times where it was really, really sad. Uh, I could definitely see it was you know, taking the toll on my dad. You know, a lot of these, the charges, and uh, like I said, we, we probably shouldn't and won't go too into detail about them, but um, a, a lot of these things, I mean, he, he's never once, my father, I consider him to be potentially my best friend, never once uh, did he have any ill intentions um, by any means to do anything um, illegal and stuff like that. I mean, he has said since high school that being the state's attorney, state's attorney of LaSalle County, was his dream job. I mean, there's not too many kids that have that specific of a dream in high school. And for him to achieve that was just amazing. And it was, you know, one of the happiest times of his life being a state's attorney. And, and he never, never in a million years would ever try to do something to jeopardize that. And to see, you know, the way that a lot of people in, in the county turned on him. And he's similar to me in the sense that he does not like it when people don't like him. I hate when people don't like me. Um, so to see a lot of people, you know, turn on him, he always had the happy face. He put on a happy face for me and my brother and, you know, my stepsister and everybody. But, I mean, it was, sometimes it slept through the cracks. And it's it's really hard. I mean, it's hard to see your parents cry. It's hard, you know, he didn't cry in front of us or anything, but it's hard to see your parents go through something like that. You feel helpless, you know. I mean, people, for the most part, I mean, there was nobody that ever said anything to me about it. It was good that they left the families out of it and stuff. In the same sense, the 2016 election was a bit of an ugly campaign. To go through that was probably worse than, you know, the charges that brought about him because that there were several different attacks, not necessarily by his opponent, but there were attacks by people in the community that were personal. That really took an effect on, on our family and, you know, how we it was kind of an unspoken thing. Like I said, nobody said it to us, but it was one of those things where we knew what people saw and we knew it wasn't true, but it was something that we kind of just had to deal with, you know. Did it affect you in school? Was anything said to you or were you treated any different? No, I wasn't treated any different. Thank God. During the, the election, let's see, it was 20, November 2016. So I'd already graduated during IVCC. You know, like I said, people don't really talk. I mean, I, like I said, I love IVCC, but people don't talk. I mean, it's a lot different than high school in a sense that 
you know, nobody gets in anybody's way. There's no fights in the hallways, anything like that. Um, nobody's ever said anything negatively to me, to my face personally. So, so that was good. But no, it, it was a little bit tough for, for my family and I, just because we knew what people knew. We knew none of it was true, but we didn't want to. Uh, it's just a, kind of a topic that we tried to avoid, you know, while everything was going on. That's not going to be something that you're going to look back at and be like, hey, when I was that age, this happened. Right. No, <laughs> no, that won't be uh, anything like that. No. And it is all over now. Thank God. A lot of the lawsuit stuff was going on while I was in Champaign. So I wasn't even able to be, I mean, in the county, you know, with my family, support my family because I'm still going to school. So I'm literally just checking up on, you know, newspaper articles online, trying to find out information about the stuff. And obviously, you know, I had a lot of conversations with my dad. It's just one of those things where he can explain everything that he has been accused of and just right down to the every single part of it he had a reason or an explanation or something by the book that allowed for him to do what he did um, but people take it out of context and that's how you know rumors get started lawsuits happen all this kind of stuff and as you saw it got thrown out so i mean it, it's just one of those things where it's unfortunate but these things they happen so unfortunately yes that yes I say that being a politician is probably one of the worst jobs in our country. Yes, especially in Illinois. But there is a silver lining. He's not state attorney anymore, but now he's a special prosecutor. And he loves his job because he still gets to prosecute and, you know, keep the streets clean relatively. But he now, now he travels all over the state of Illinois. Um, and it's not an elected position, so he's not he doesn't have to politic anymore. He doesn't have to do all these fundraisers and stuff. And that was one thing during the 2016 election. I didn't get to see my dad very much because... It's just about every night was a new chicken dinner or a casino night or a fundraiser and stuff like that to where, you know, he got kind of taken away from our family there for a while because he had to campaign. Now he doesn't have to do that anymore. Obviously, he travels, but I mean, that's, you know, done throughout the day. He's home almost every night. So it's good for him. He does, for sure, miss being the state's attorney of LaSalle County. But I think he found the perfect position to kind of bounce back into you know, through the trials and all that other stuff, like that was something he still wanted to do. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, he went to law school and he, he knew he did not want to, you know, start working on the other side because how crazy would that be? You know, you're putting all these dirt balls in prison for God knows how many years and now you're going to flip sides and go on that side and start, you know, keeping them out of prison. I mean, that's just impossible. So, I mean, the fact that he got to continue doing what he loves was really, really huge for him and huge for our family. I mean, if he's happy, you know, everybody's happy. Well, Mr. Town, Tyler, thank you very, very much for joining us. It is always a pleasure catching up. I know you've had a lot of things going on in life since we talked last and told some great stories for the listeners here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Yeah, I hope everybody finds it entertaining. I, I really do appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'm so happy for you that this podcast has taken off. I'm, I'm you know, through the roof excited for it. I hope it only continues to grow and get better, you know, and I hope... We can do this again when I actually have a, a real big-time sports job, and uh, maybe the, the conversations will get even more interesting. That would be awesome. You can also give me a call when, like, the peanut mobile breaks down. You guys got a flat tire. Uh, we'll do play-by-play -play of a tire changing of the peanut mobile. Oh, you you do roadside assistance? Uh, I do now. Okay, perfect. You start working on your tire changing abilities, and I'll be sure to you know maybe uh, let the air out of one of them as we're passing through uh, Mendota. Perfect. We got a deal. <laughs> awesome. All right. Take care, Tyler. Yep. Thanks, Brandon.